0: Hello and welcome to episode
1: 220 of Fergo on the Freak. I'm that bloke from Rugby League Project, Andrew Ferguson. You can find me on Twitter at Andrew RLP. Joining me as always is the ravenous League Freak. You can find me on Twitter at League Freak. How are you going there, mate? I'm going very well, Andrew. How are you? Yeah,
2: not too bad. Uh, can't complain. Yeah, I'm the same. I can't really complain about it too much. Oh, we should probably we should probably stop there then. Yeah, that was good. Uh... Yeah, that was a good one. Any, anyone listening, go to uh, Manscaped.com, chuck in the code NRL, get 20% off and free shipping of any of the really high-quality products over at Manscaped.com. I've been using them now for the last few weeks, and i got to say, my scroat is shorn like it's never been before. It's fantastic. Is it smoother than Paul McGregor's head? Oh, way smoother, way smoother. It's Yeah. You know how he looks like he's got a bit of sun damage on his head? Yeah. I haven't got some sun, sun damage on my balls. They're uh, they're really good colour to them, you know. Nice. Mm. Nice, yeah. His his are a little red. Yeah, yeah. Well, you know, you gotta, you gotta you gotta you gotta manscape. You just have to. Yeah, you be yeah. in peak conditioning, you know. It's like you know when the swimmers would trim down for the Olympics. Well, the way that I do my trimming down is actual physical trimming down. That's why I go to manscape.com. Put in the code NRL, 20% off from free shipping. Brilliant. Can't get any more of that. This is why we've got nothing to complain about. Exactly, exactly.
1: But let's have a crack anyway. Yeah. Um, let, let's start off with the, uh, the, the, let's say, the most English story we get of the week.
2: Yeah, uh, this is an interesting one. The Rugby Football League have done a deal with Papa John's to provide um, healthy nutritious delicious meals for all players and more importantly game officials after matches and it's part of their response to COVID-19 obviously they want to make sure that everyone is healthy and fed and fed in a way that is uh not (laughs) yeah oh my god they're getting free pizzas oh and the deals for one million pounds a year which is I mean that's almost as big as some NRL club deals it's crazy. Huge. Um, it's also worth noting here that
1: since since the Super League started up, um, they've proudly and you know it's up to you what you think about it, but they've been proudly displaying Black Lives Matter banners and and racism sort of banners stuff uh, all games. Yeah. And this uh, Papa John's franchise, the former or the founder of them, had to resign about eighteen months ago after. A, uh, a racist remark he made. So, uh, yeah, there's that as well. That's We won't go too far into that, but that's a bit odd. Yeah, yeah a bit awkward. <laughs> yeah, they've, they've not mentioned that, obviously, but um, the whole concept mm. of forcing players
2: to eat pizza after playing rugby league. <laughs> yeah, I'm, look, I'm just really glad that these players that, earning a lot of money as professional athletes are now going to be fed meals like it's some sort of shit house school cafeteria and they walk in and there's like six pizzas lined up and the box are all out and they're like eat as much as you want boys it's like what the fuck are we doing here and you just know that the how would i put this um I'm trying to think of the way that you're allowed to say it these days that disgusting bastards that work at the Rugby Football League fucking love this deal. Oh, they are. They've been hanging around those vending machines for ages waiting for some piece oh. of turn up on those bloody fold-out tables. You just know this deal was signed over heavy breathing, hey? that You know that heavy, fat breathing? <laughs> Where well, you can actually hear the dribble coming out of their mouths. Yeah, you're like... It's like, Homer how can Simpson. I hear what's going on inside their lungs? It's Homer Simpson. Oh. Yeah, yeah. A- that's pretty much it. Um,
1: Jesus Christ, this is horrible. Yeah. You've know, you got, you know, every sport around the world that's got some sort of bloody leverage and is on TV, it's, you know, has at some point, more often than not, been pushing the whole, you know, exercise and healthy eating for all their kids and stuff like that, and now all of a sudden, RFL's just gone, fuck it, let's just gorge ourselves
2: on fucking pizza. You know what I realised today is the NBA playoffs are sponsored by Corona. Well, that's, you know, if you can't beat them, join them. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> hey, look, it got my attention. But well, we tried right. to look at the the Papa John's um menu, and it wouldn't let us because we're in Australia, and they don't have it in Australia. Oh, well, what a shame that is.
1: Mm. Um, the only thing I found that was the former founder of Papa John's, after he got the sacked, uh, or after he sacked himself, I should say, yeah. there's a story about how he ate more than 40 pizzas in 30 days and at the end he concluded that the pizzas don't taste as good as they used to when he was there oh really mm.
2: well that's interesting i i'd like that it took him 40 of the pizzas to work that out
1: <laughs> like <laughs> well yeah he was being thorough and fair i'll give these guys a full month just to see how good it is and if it's if it's going all right then you know i'll let them know but uh, yeah i don't know I don't I don't think any pizza or any food for that matter is yeah. gonna taste as good if you eat it every day for thirty days. It's not gonna taste as good on the thirtieth as it is on the first.
2: There's only one thing I could eat for thirty days in a row and still think it was tasting pretty good.
1: Mm. hmm mm-hmm.
2: Gotta love a porter. Eh?
1: Yeah, that's true. That's true. Um so yeah, what do you what do you think of this?
2: Well, you know what, as you've got One club has said that they can't take part in Super League this year and payers haven't been paid and staff haven't been paid. And then they're trying to set up a lower-grades competition and none of the clubs want any part of that. They're all pulling out. Um, You know, this is the deals they're putting in place. And I think it's disgusting that these, these fucking people that earn money out the game... Like, the people at the Rugby Football League never go without a paycheck... And when you see all of these people, you know, jumping up and down about their place within the game's hierarchy, within the British Rugby League, they're proud to say, oh, I wear this fucking Mr. T-chain, and it makes me an important part of this. I'm but the man. players come out and they say, you know what, I haven't been paid for fucking four months. You don't hear shit from them people. And these same people that are coming out and doing this thing, saying, oh, well, we've done a deal for a million pounds and free pizza. I think it's disgraceful. How about they take care of some of these players that are out of pocket?
1: Yeah, maybe they could just give them free pizza. That might make them happy.
2: Oh, this reminds me of that. Remember they did a deal. You might not remember this. It was about 10 years ago they did the deal, uh, and it was a deve- for a developing rugby league where they got the use of a bunch of cars. And they were like, oh, this deal's going to be great. We get to use a bunch of cars for free. And it's like, so you've got yourself free cars to use. And you're going to say it's development. Like, fuck off. (laughs) And that's not even taking into account the Stobart deal, where they put stickers on the side of trucks, (laughs) gave away the naming rights for nothing, and then wondered why the naming rights fucking tanked after that.
1: And can't actually get a proper deal anymore. They're now relying on uh, free pizza after that.
2: Yeah, they're basically... What they've basically got is pizza pizza vouchers. They did the deal for pizza vouchers. Congratulations, everyone. Professional sport, 2020.
1: Oh, my God. This is... And the, the thing is, okay, it, it's, it's hard when you're a professional sport yeah. and you've signed yourself up with a... yeah you know, a fast food sort of product and you're... Trying to advertise it, you know, you try trying to do your end of the deal. To Super League chief, Co- I was going to say, there's there's a few quotes here. Super League chief commercial officer Rodri Jones stated, "It's great to be partnering with Papa John's during the behind closed doors period, and it's important to be able to provide our players with a chance to refuel after a tough game." There's nothing, nothing says social distancing, and we're doing the right thing around coronavirus by sharing pizza with one another. Yeah. As we've seen since the restart, Fred Super League games are getting faster and harder, and I know the players are grateful when they see so many pizzas to choose from after a tough 80 minutes. Fucking hell, please stop. say that? That's in a quote. Wow. Ensuring the players and officials are fed safely post-match is paramount, and our teams are well-drilled in safely delivering fresh, hot, and tasty pizza after successfully adapting to the situation we find ourselves in during this global pandemic. It's making it like the... Like, every friggin' uh, player is going to become, you know, they're going to go through the Mitch Moses School of fucking pizza delivery. What the fuck? This is the most absurd thing ever. We wish all the players that run at the Super League the best for the season, and we can't wait until venues can be reopened to let the fans back in to watch Top Flight Rugby League.
2: That's just Oh, weird. my God. I mean, he makes it sound like that after every game they have a pizza party. Yeah, let's all sit down and eat some pizza. <laughs> So, weird.
1: Oh, every single club's conditioning you know coaches in they're going, <laughs> "Oh, fuck off
2: <laughs> yeah it's a it's a very strange one i I guess you know, I mean the modern day rugby league player he just likes to you know get 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 all ready to leave the stadium and go and just do coke, doesn't he? just have coca cola oh, stiff shit now you're gonna eat some fucking pizza instead, yeah. Have pizza and Coke.
1: Oh, my God. This is the dumbest thing I've ever heard.
2: Mm, yeah, it's uh, it's it's one of those things where you're kind of like, man, is this is this where the game is in England?
1: Yeah, it's a point where I'd say you don't have to say yes to every person who says, we're going to give you money.
2: Well, see, here's the thing. I think that they have to. I do think they well, have to. Fair
1: enough, but, you know, do a bit of bloody back and forth. Say, you know what? We'll let you have your your name attached to the game. Don't make us eat your fucking pizza. <laughs> but like we're, we're trying to pro- provide a sport here. We're trying to promote you know a healthy lifestyle and everything, and all of a yeah. sudden we've now got to chuck in pizza eating as part of the fucking diet that we have with this game. What the hell is this? This is the dumbest shit I've heard since the last sponsorship deal that was stupid by the RFL
2: how much fucking KFC does the NRL flog on the fucking video free? You know, I mean, let's NRL... put an ad there. You never hear the NRL talk about it. Yeah, I, I guess. I mean, that's it's the not thing. Like even with the that our even with coming in after a game and tucking into buckets of chicken, like that's right. like they're saying right after every game the, the players all have to get together and
1: share some share some uh, two piece feeds with everyone you know with each other, and none of that's going on. And I not they
2: saying hot and tasty. Having said that, if we do see Dave Fafida with a whole pizza to himself, it's all been worth it.
1: True, but mind you, he's dominating that game like no one else ever has, so he's allowed deep pizza.
2: That's true. I think that this will encourage Garen Cunningham to come back into the game. (laughs) That is a
0: concern.
2: (laughs) Yeah. Do you reckon this might be the reason why James Graham went back? (laughs) <laughs> he, he had he had news. I tell you what, when I saw him in that first gun I was like, "He's been eating good. He's only been left for three weeks. And he's been eating good."
1: He, he's back to a Northern England diet of whatever's in batter and gravy. Yeah,
2: just batter and gravy. It's a, weird, just, one. Or it's or a just batter, weird one. Or just batter,
1: just battered gravy. That's what he's on.
2: Battered gravy. I bet they do have battered gravy.
1: Fuckers. It'd be little little balls of gravy and batter.
2: Yeah, actually, that sounds delicious. <laughs> I want us to start up a shop
1: over there in some yeah. do what, that. what
2: could you call it? You could call it Papa Joe's.
1: Oh, no, I won't go with Papa. I'd probably go with... Uh... So you got to you got to play the straight bat over there. Just deep-fried gravy. People Shit. go, oh, yeah. Yeah. You, you don't want to beat around the bush and make people guess what what it is. You need them to know.
2: Yeah, that's a good point.
1: That's a good point. Um... So now we've got that absurdly <laughs> absurd
2: story out of the way. Let's move on to more pressing matters. Yeah, Karen's at it again. Karen. What? Yeah, Karen had a little bit say on uh what's
0: we, what's Karen's we almost, show?
2: We almost need to have a weekly Karen update. We should have a weekly Karen update. Six tackles with Karen, it's called. It's a podcast. Yep. Um rugby league legend. Great Karen immediately claimed he had lost faith in the NRL judiciary system following a hearing, and he said this, I've got no faith in the process whatsoever. Yes, they are run like murder trials. Yes, they Karen, are not like NRL judiciaries. I find the whole thing very hollow. <laughs> oh, Karen, shut the fuck up. <laughs> he also said, I have no faith in what happened on the field. I think it was totally overplayed. I think it was a total overreaction, and from there it spirals out of control into a judiciary hearing, and everything... We went through last night. Oh, oh, here's another one. I have no faith in the total process, and I believe they've come up with an unsatisfactory verdict. In legal terms, because Karen's a fucking lawyer now, (laughs) in legal terms, it's an unsafe verdict based on the evidence and unsafe verdict. The fuck does that mean? Wow. It's an unsafe verdict based on the evidence and what was said last night. I can't see how our game keeps doing this stuff to itself and I've got no faith in the system at all. If I'm sitting on the judiciary panel at that not. I know, right? I could only find a player guilty of a bite if the other player came before me and said, He beat me, he yeah. beat me.
0: Yeah.
2: Fuck video evidence. <laughs> it needs evidence when you just got someone just saying he beat me. Let's just do what we did in the nineteen seventies. Yeah. Oh, I like how he son. has no faith in what happened on the field. He's got no faith in anything. Well, he has no faith in what happened on the field when Johnson said he bit me. And then when they go to the j- judiciary and they find Proctor guilty of biting based on what happened on the field, he has no faith in that either. Yeah, he's... I think what we need to do...
1: Maybe we can do it now. This is a comment without any planning. We need Karen to have a religion. Because there's a lot of talk in there where he has no faith. Yeah, what what faith would carry? Karen... I feel like he'd be... Bon Jovi. Uh, uh, what? Bon Jovi. Bon Jovi's a religion? Uh, well, maybe it'll help. You know, he was keeping the faith. Oh, yeah. I see where you're going with that. We've we got a... Uh, you know, he he probably just needs
0: Bon George Jovi. Michael.
1: Ooh. Because you've got to have faith. You do. George Michael or did you go with the Limp Bizkit version? No one goes with the limp biscuit version of anything. A good, that's a good point. You um, <laughs> he, he, he could have Bon Jovi as a consultant, just to steer him in the yeah. right direction and keep him there. Mm-hmm. Yeah, what religion would be good for him?
2: What about REM losing my religion? Oh, I think that's already happened. That that's already oh, passed. Okay.
1: Yeah. yeah. Um, I re- I reckon he'd probably like one where you get to go around door knocking and just yell at people who don't believe you and your your faith and try and yeah. get them to believe your faith. I think that's the one he needs. Gasology. Yeah, yeah. That's, uh, it'll keep him occupied and away from talking about in the fucking
2: media. That would be good, because yeah. then he could call himself like a pastor or whatever. I don't pastor know. Gould. Pastor Gould of Gasology. <laughs> uh, I feel like he'd call himself like uh, he'd have some great title for himself in Gasology, like um, King Lord. Um, <laughs> King Lord. King Lord Gus. The Green Master.
1: Grandmaster?
2: Grandmaster Grandmaster
1: Gus. That's oh. it that says like the whitest rapper I've ever heard. He <laughs> <laughs> dropped some sick beats. <laughs> That's whiter than snow. Yeah.
2: Gusology. <laughs> wow but okay. yeah he's uh so he's having a whinge which was int- well it wasn't interesting it was expected because you know if there's one thing that Phil Gould definitely doesn't it's having no faith in anything that he didn't come up with that's right did he offer to um to fix the judiciary no no oh, okay so it's just it was just a
1: fucking whinge
2: yeah yeah it's just a whinge um i think he's too busy uh emailing the New Zealand warriors and telling them what he would do if he was running junior rugby league in New Zealand, like if he was actually there, you know. But he's not there; he's in Sydney, so he just does it through Skype and email. So. Do you do you reckon Gus has got? Um, he's got around having a Gmail account, or do you reckon he's still on a Hotmail account? I would guess that he has a Gmail account because he would think it stands for Gus Mail. Oh, that's true. Yeah. Good mail.
1: Yeah. Yeah. He'd, he'd be tempted to buy the extra storage, I reckon. Can you buy extra storage on it? Well, compared to Hotmail, I'm sure. He's, I mean, it's been a long time since I've looked at either. Yeah, I wouldn't have a clue. <laughs> um, now, there, there was a um, a very surprising story. Yeah. Graham Annesley supported one of his referees.
2: Wow, there's a first for everyone then.
1: And as he says, the referee was right to march Proctor.
2: Is that it? That was it. That was it. Why? Um, like, why was he right to march him when he was, like, it's never ever happened before that I can remember anyway? Apparently it hasn't it before. Um, the thing is, and
1: here's my take, I'm going to be serious for a sec here, is I, I'm actually happy that Henry Perinara decided to, back himself and say, you know what, I'm not going to tolerate this shit. I'm going to send someone off for doing something grubby. And I know some people are going to sit there and say, well, you know, he may not have had the evidence and some of this, but when you, when you're on the field, it's your, your job to make an on the spot on the spot judgment. And something we haven't seen too much of with referees because they've been, you know, battered from, from, pillar to post for the last decade or so by the media for making decisions is that they've been a bit tentative about doing things like you know binning players or sending them off yeah and so- i'm kind of, i'm kind of glad that the perinara went you know what no you know what fuck it i'm not going to tolerate this shit on the field yeah you can go and when that happened i thought you know what i'm I'm glad that he backed himself on that because the other thing he did during that game which hasn't been mentioned is he barely used the video ref yeah Uh uh, that's the most decisive I've
2: seen Henry Perinara ever, and I liked it. See, I I disagree. I think that it sends those, those things to the, the judiciary because there can be a big grey area in biting issues. I remember I was calling a game once, and it was a Belmore. I can't remember who it was. It was a reserve grade game last year in the New South Wales Cup, and there was a biting allegation on the field, and the game stopped. And two of the players from the, I guess, the accusing team come over, showed the referee where the alleged bite was. Uh, the player that was alleged to have done it come over. He was shown what the bite was, and then uh, I believe it was the game, uh, the main main game official come onto the field, took a photo of it so that they could deal with it at the judiciary. And when it was happening, um. Like, it, it just seemed like a really good process, and it seemed the way it should be done. Uh, I I, I think that a biting allegation, it should, you know, unless you've seen, unless a video referee has seen someone properly chomp someone, like James Graham did to Billy Slater, I think that's fair enough. But in the situation with Proctor, and look, Proctor was found guilty. But I, I just think that it was, there was a lot of grey area there, and um, I was a little bit surprised he was found guilty. They also said the NRL could be looking at fining uh, Malmeninga, Proctor and Sean Johnson for speaking about the judiciary procedure uh, proceedings before they happened, which I think would be a bit harsh. But I understand why they don't want that happening going forward either.
1: I'm surprised that they're looking at chasing those three people about that but not going after anyone in the media who kept trying to get comments from them about it because one thing that surprised me was how often Sean Johnson was constantly asked after the game about the incident mm. and Johnson kept downplaying it so said I'm not going to comment on it I think the coaches both said the same sort of thing they downplayed it they, or didn't downplay it but they just said I'm not going to talk about it I don't want to get involved in it and that's all people asked him about and understandably you know it was a big incident it was very odd and all sorts of thing um but the media doesn't get hauled over the coals for it,
2: no look they're not and they're, they're the ones the problem like if they hadn't asked the questions, the place probably wouldn't have said anything yeah, but the the media's not accountable, and they never have been and like the the problem is no comment is a saying no comment is a comment. saying I don't want to talk about it is a comment. If you don't want to comment about it, you just keep your mouth shut and look the person straight in the eye, and you know eventually they will get all awkward and shit. But if they want to ask a question of you, they can ask it, but they've got to ask one that you'll answer. Um, I just don't know what, uh, what people expect of players sometimes. I mean, you know, it's like, well, we want them to say stuff after the game, but then sometimes we don't want them to say stuff after the game. And they've got to be super friendly and they've got to talk to these fucking people that all they do is trash them all week leading up to games and going out of games. And I, I, if I was a player, I wouldn't talk to any of these fucking journalists. I think they're low scum.
1: I'm surprised you said that. I've never heard you have have views like that before about them. I
2: know. Every so often, I like to uh, give people my opinions on the sport and life in general. eh?
1: Hey? Yeah, that was uh
2: that was very bold of you. Yeah.
1: <laughs> um, yeah. Look, I, I'd hate to see referees being punished for having a bit
2: of balls on the field i
1: think that's
2: i think that's i think that's what i'm ultimately getting at yeah i I wouldn't punish him but i just think that the i think we've got a pretty established procedure where something like a bite you send it to the judiciary and let them decide it because if you're found guilty of biting you're out for weeks and weeks and weeks true but Uh, i mean what line do you cross that like there's got to be a point where
1: there's an incident happens on the field where you just go, you know what, that's fucking deplorable. I don't care what the evidence is like. If that's happened, then we can't have that going on on the field. And, and that's Biting, biting is biting's pretty bad. Like, eye gouging is pretty serious. And I think eye gouging is one where you go, you've eye gouged, get off. But biting, yeah. I think biting should be in a very similar field. And... Well- I don't, I, don't know. Mind. <laughs> I don't mind if there's, if there's an allegation and the referee can see bite marks, Yeah. then I think, to me, that's enough for them to say, you know what, that player needs to get off the field. Whether it's a sin bin or a send-off can be up to the referee. But I think that should be enough. They can't just go, you know what, oh, you said he bit you, will you get off them? Because every player
2: every week's going to say, oh, he bit me. Well, see, but here's the thing. I think an eye gouge, if you eye gouge a player, you've got to go after their eyes. You've got to, like, Really, and we saw that we saw that last year a few times. Yeah. Yeah, like you gotta chase their eyes basically. And it's uh it's not a common thing for you to really have your fingers around a player's eyes. It's just the the game doesn't afford that many chances to do that. And so normally when a player is eye gouging or even just attacking the face, it's you know, it's a it's you can see that they're going after it. Whereas a bite, it normally happens when a player is being tackled, and it's the play that's being tackled that does the alleged biting and it's normally because there's you know an arm right in your mouth <laughs> you know it's it's i don't know I just think it's way more of a gray area than something along the lines of uh you know what we did see in super league is a is a fucking squirrel group
1: really oh they love they they love getting a handful of nuts yeah. over there
2: we saw a cup and a wink. A cup of a wink. Yep, yep. Ooh. It was, uh, and I believe it was uh, the world's greatest swinger, Tommy Mackinson. No, he wouldn't do that. Well. It's not go. It looked like he was, it looked It looked like he was driving a steam engine and he wanted to toot the fucking engine horn. <laughs> Seriously, we you should find some video of it and we should watch it together. That would be pretty funny, actually. Let me that see if I can find it. That, that doesn't actually sound like
1: a squirrel grip. That sounds like he was more trying to, uh, you know, choke the chicken.
2: Yeah, it kind of was. It <laughs> was. Super, let's put in uh, Super League ball grab, see if it comes up. Okay, St. Helens Winger faces eight match band for grabbing Liam Watts' testicles. Oh wow, there's a whole lot of testicle grabs on here, okay, let me see if it comes up in this
1: if, imagine if he had' done that on George Williams, he'd have to be grabbing somewhere around his knee, wouldn't he
2: well if you you know if it was uh if it was George Williams, it'd be like you know when you'd go down to the uh the local river and somebody'd tie a rope around a tree and you'd just swing over the rope over the river and drop in and it'd be kind of like that eh it w- it would be yeah, bloody hell. I'm just seeing if there's video footage of this. This first, yeah, this first video I've gone to doesn't have actual video footage. It's just pictures. That's uh, a shame. That's a real shame. Um.
1: Wow, that's crazy. Yeah, uh, yeah. Gra- Grabbing grabbing someone by the genitals is eight weeks, and biting someone on the arm is four. It's good to know where where everything lies
2: here. Yeah, well, you got to look after the uh, the junk of players, really, don't you? Yeah. I mean, no one wants to be going into games of rugby league having to, you know, worry about their meat and veg. Okay, so knowing knowing those two facts, okay, so
1: we're know, now knowing that grabbing someone by the by the cags is eight weeks, and yeah. biting someone on the arm is four. Yeah. What's the punishment for biting someone on the nut?
2: right. <laughs> <laughs> <That's> a... <laughs> Depends if you've asked nicely. Um, <laughs> you got no. consent before you did it. <laughs> what if What's you go into the judiciary? No, 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 I'm not guilty. He said I could do it. Yeah. What if, it, what if you go into the judiciary and it's like you're supposed to be like, you know, on the, the prosecution side of it that brought you as a witness? And you go, listen, I won't lie. i I kind of into that sort of thing, man. I mean, that's, you know. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I used it in the boudoir later on. Uh, <laughs> it's like, first of all, judiciary members, I was horrified. I was like, my goodness, this is the second time this week my balls have been in someone's mouth.
1: <laughs> oh, dear. Um, another story which came out um, I heard recently. Yeah. Was that the North Queensland Cowboys are starting to cool on the idea of Todd Payton as coach. After mm-hmm. it was after they saw um, Peyton had Brett Finch in the coach's box. Yeah. Apparently Brett Finch wasn't, wasn't supposed to be there. He's not part of the coaching thing or something. I don't know what it was. Some sort of weird shit like that. Yeah. Or maybe it's just the fact that Brett Finch has had a few issues off the field, yes. even post career. Yeah. And apparently the, the Cowboys are sort of cooling yeah. on the idea of hiring uh, Peyton now because of that, which seems absurd. Uh, oh, why, why would that be the reason i don't know who who the hell would the tight ty- would, the, would the cowboys hire as their coach if it's not going to be peyton geez that's a good question um out of options i mean yeah. we know that paul mcgregor's come on the market
2: yeah that's true there's there's mary he's there um who else We know that Sean Wayne's been locked up by the uh, Rugby Football League for an uh, even further extended deal, even though he's yet to coach the team yet. That's just prevented a bunch of poorly run NRL cops from making a very bad decision. Yep, yep, that was really good to see. Um, And I, I really don't know. I mean, I think they should maybe go with Anthony Griffin, someone like that. I really don't know. The Cowboys are in a weird place. They've got some good youngsters. They need to clear out some players that are just bludgers that they've persisted with for far too long. Um, they've got a lot of backs they need to they need to clear out. Yeah, yeah, a lot of old backs, a lot of just a lot of guys they really should have probably got rid of a year or two ago. And, oh, replaceable backs. Yeah,
1: very replaceable. That's the thing. You look at them and go, man, they've just got
2: everyone's offcuts in the back line. That's it. And look, if you look it, in hindsight. 100% hindsight, signing Valentine Holmes has been an absolute disaster.
1: Uh, I don't know. I'm, I'd like to see him play a bit more often. It's, he's, well, uh, he, he's on. His, a injuries,
2: his injuries are not helped. He's on a million bucks. He's hardly played. When he's played, the best he's looked is pretty good, and the worst he's looked is absolutely terrible. I know it's his first year back, but when you're on a million bucks a year, I don't need excuses like that. And every time I've seen him play at fullback, I kind of think what a good winger he'd be. Yeah, that's true. I just think it's been a disaster and I can see where they rolled the dice on him. He was available. They needed a fullback. What's the thing? He was, he wasn't proving at a good rate when he first,
1: when the season first started. But damn, he started off pretty slow. He did, but that was expected. Yeah. Um, and he started to improve at a pretty decent level. And then the improving stopped. got injured, and that's the last I've seen of him. Yeah. So I'd, I don't know. Uh, I'd be willing to give him a bit more time there to, to get this shit sorted. But you, you don't want to give someone like that, you know, like uh, three or four years like the fucking Tigers did with Moses and Bai. Um yeah, that's true. That's sorry, I lost my train of thought there.
2: Yeah, let's not fall into that rabbit hole again. Yeah. We go down that one every, like, I reckon, five or six weeks. And... That does
1: happen a bit too often.
2: Yeah. Um. Now, there's
1: an opinion piece on the NRL website. Oh, really? Who's got the best forward pack? In the comp, it's C Penrose. Well, shall, shall we have a chat? Actually, I've just seen someone there. I, it leads me to a, a tweet I need to read out later as well. Okay, okay. Okay. Do you agree, though? Would you say it's better? Um, Best forward pack. It, it's hard to say no at this stage. Mm. Um, mostly because they've, they've kept their forward pack pretty well intact. Like, they haven't had too many injuries and, you know, players being forced out, stuff like that. And it's allowed them to be consistently strong in the forwards, which is laying a good platform for the halves, which is helping them score points. So... It's hard to argue with that.
2: Yeah, well, like, their forwards, uh, they've got a lot of depth. Um, you know, they're, they're an 80-minute forward pack. Like, you get no respite from them. Their bench players come on off the bench, and it's just they give you exactly what your starters give. Um, the only injuries I can think of, they had they lost kick out for a couple of weeks there. I think Yao went out for a week or two there, but they've had not too many issues in their forward pack, had a few problems in their backs. But yeah, I would say Penrith. After that, I would probably say right now, it'd have to be the Eels and then probably the Storm.
1: Yeah, I mean, I'm just looking at the answers here that the NRL.com experts have given, and most of them have picked either Melbourne, Canberra, Penrith, Parramatta, The Roosters, one person picked Manly. Oh, am I back? Yeah, you didn't didn't go anywhere. Just made a noise like you were about to fuck off. Yeah. It's just fitting that you disappeared, just as I said, that one of the uh, journos there said Manly. Manly? It was almost like your your Skype just went, nah, fuck that, I'm not hanging around for this shit. (laughs) Who
2: who was it that said Manly? Um, Margie McDonald, I think it was. Jesus, Margie, what are you thinking? Manly.
1: And she goes, Sea Eagles, I know current results aren't showing it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's where you go, okay, maybe I picked the wrong team.
2: Yeah, yeah. And I always love on. it when people say, like, the results, you know, don't show it. It's like, that's why we play the game, so we get a result. You know, we don't have judges at the end of these fucking games.
1: Yes. Um. Yeah, there was a a tweet by Jamie Soward yesterday.
0: Oh, yes. It was
1: after Kevin Proctor got handed his uh, four-week suspension. Apparently, he was looking pretty devastated afterwards. Fair enough. Mm -hmm. Um, Soward said, I feel sorry for Kevin Proctor. I hope he is okay and his family are all safe. Hope to see a club re-sign him, but Titans should reward him anyway. I thought, I saw that, not knowing at the time that um, Proctor was at the judiciary thing and
2: Kevin Proctor got cancer or something. What's going on? Mm. Hope yeah, he's okay same- and his family are all safe. What the fuck? It seemed like an over-the-top reaction, didn't it? Like,
0: yeah.
2: I, I understand he was pissed off and he might not like it and stuff. But, dude, he lives on the Gold Coast and earns hundreds of thousands of dollars playing footy.
1: Yes. my response is what? He got suspended. He's not living in Melbourne anymore. <laughs> <laughs> Furthermore, they did reward him financially after he did something quite silly, too, from memory.
2: Well, the thing is, like,
1: how
0: many, how many good right?
2: games has Proctor played for the, the Titans, really? Not many. I mean, he's had two this year. Yeah. Absolutely fucking crackers, but, yeah, out of too many. Yeah. He's been anonymous for his, most of his time there. I wouldn't resign really sign a player like that. No.
1: And after doing that, like, people are saying, oh, he's been hard done by the judiciary. The Titans should give him more money. No, they shouldn't. That's the no. problem that the Titans have had before, which is why they've been so shit for so long. Yeah, is they've happily given people money after, but didn't deserve it. See, this it's is about the... time they go. You know what? Thank you, Kevin, for your for your service. Um, we've given you a lot of money, and we've decided that we're not going to anymore. Mm. Done.
2: I'm sure someone else will sign Kevin Proctor. The fucking Tigers will probably buy him. You know, it brings up an interesting thought that, you know, Jamie Soward hasn't been retired for that long. And does that mean – so you know, when we've seen this influx of coaches that go have gone straight from a playing career into an assistant coaching role and they get head coaching jobs very quickly, is that a bad thing because they are too close to their playing days? And does it, does it give them a skewed perspective – on what players go through and how they should manage those players. And because that is a very over the top response, I think. And I think that uh you know experience and life and hindsight should really have you at a point where you say, Oh, that sucks, but you know, he'll be fine. Yeah, I think
1: I don't know, I think sometimes you'll get some tokenism sort of responses on social media or just in the media in general, Mm. when they see a player's sort of, you know, a bit distressed or unhappy to make it out like there's something much worse going on in that person's life. Mm. Um, Like this case, yeah, it sucked. You know, reputation might be a little bit damaged, but, you know, I think what he did that forced him to leave the storm and join the Titans in the first place was probably worse to his reputation than biting Sean Johnson. Mm-hmm. Um, I can't believe that that's been forgotten. There you go. It's, yeah. it's interesting how some, some people in the media will, will forget some things for some
2: players, but remember a lot of things about players and what they did way, way, way back. It is, isn't it? It's, mm. it's interesting what sticks in your mind and what doesn't. I was thinking about that with movies these days. I was watching a thing online about um, the highest grossing movies of all time and the first Star Wars movie has grossed just a sickeningly amount of money in its whole – like, it was still making millions and millions of dollars every single year in the, like, mid-90s, right? Yeah. And Avatar has made, like, about the same amount as Star Wars has. But Avatar is not one of those movies that is part of society's – I don't know – like Star Wars is. If you say to someone, oh, he's running around like an Ewok, you know, or he's, he's talking like Yoda or something, they know. Yeah. Talking about. Harry Here yeah. is bloody Chewbacca. But I can't even. And I've watched Avatar a few weeks ago again,
1: boring. and
2: I couldn't tell you anything. I, like maybe calling them Smurfs, I don't know. <laughs> it was boring. It it was. I think it was technically astounding, obviously, but I, I was just one of those people that were like these fucking selfish smurfs keeping all that sweet sweet unattainium to themselves yeah you know?
1: I, I watched it when it came out of the cinema and i can't remember much about it other than those blue people and it was boring yeah yeah weird huh i just sat there the whole time going i, I would have preferred to just see die hard
2: <laughs> and here's the thing that that movie went for ages it didn't come out too long you went to the cinema to see it but who shot first han or the other guy who? Han or the other guy in Star Wars. I, oh, Han Solo.
0: Yeah.
1: Yeah. I don't know. It's been a long time since I saw that either. Oh, god damn it. But I prefer Star Wars over the blue people thing.
2: I come up with this really idea for a movie quiz that we're going to have to do on the oh, podcast. Yes. Yeah, yeah. I'll say it offline because I don't want other podcasts to steal our ideas. You know what I mean? they, they do do that. occasionally. Yeah. Um, that's fair enough. Yeah, that's all right. There's nothing wrong with it. No. It's just mortal enemies forever. That's all. That's, No, that's it.
1: Um, so yeah, it it was crazy sort of comment I found from, from Zoward, but, uh, but there you go. Yeah, it was a weird one. Yeah, it's funny because it's conveniently forgotten Proctor's off-field indiscretions when he's at Melbourne. Mhm. Uh, he's just—he's not that sort of person anymore. But you would still hear a lot of people, rightly or wrongly, still call players like Paul Gallen a grub based on the shit he did at the start of his career. I'm like, is, how how can you stick to one asses, one assertion of a player mm-hmm. and something they did in the past and stick that with them for the entirety of their career, but completely do the opposite with another player? Yeah, you. How do you how do you just say one person has to be like this for the rest of their life and the other one isn't?
2: Yeah, I don't know what it is that it's like. There's almost a it's like there's a combination of things that add up to a player always having that on their name. Yeah, uh, it's just nuts. And I don't know what it is.
1: No, no idea. It's crazy. You hear a lot of people in the media and and not not. Too loudly. A lot of people on social media as well will label someone like Robbie Farah a coach killer. Yep. Um, oh, despite I the have... fact there's there's very little evidence to support it, but they'll go with it anyway. Mm-hmm. And a lot of people think he's a he's a uh, you know grumpy shit and stuff like that because of that little tiff he had with um Maddie Johns. Remember, he said Maddie Johns um, set him up for an ambush or something on his show once. Oh, and no, he, refused to, he refused to go on Fox Sports for a long time after that. Oh, really? You know, I'm kind of surprised that Robbie Farr has been so quiet this year, huh? He does some work, I think, on the NRL website. Yeah.
2: He gets asked on there on some of the video pieces every now and then. Okay, because um, I, ha- I, I know that I saw a quote from him, I think it was last week, and it had something to do with the Tigers, but it's... I, I thought he would have been far more outspoken, and I don't think he has been, which I think is good. I think he needed some chill time, you know. He didn't need to come out and be like a, you know, a former hooker that played for the Balmain Tigers, you know, or rent a Yeah. Yeah. Um, what he has commented, he's been
1: actually rather insightful and, and pretty, you know, a good analytical mind when he, when he does get asked about certain things. And mm. you don't, as I said, you don't see him very often. Um, I do believe he's starting, you know, he's doing a lot of work on his own business now. So uh, best of luck to him. He's doing pretty well there. Uh, The other news that came through this week is Chris Lawrence has decided to retire. Yeah, I thought that was a good decision. I think that he probably played one year too many. Very good decision. Um, Let's be honest. There'd be few players out there who would go through those two severe injuries that he had. He did have a fair few um, injuries, but the two severe ones, that dislocated hip. Yep. And then that facial injury. Yeah. Yeah. The thing that got me about that, which to me proved what made him remarkable as an athlete, is that he came back after the dislocated hip, knowing that he'd he'd have lost that explosive pace he had when he first came onto the scene. Mm -hmm. Yet he changed his game. So instead of trying to use his speed to get around players, he learned how to be a good line runner Mm -hmm. and then went from being a good line runner to moving from the centers into the second row. Yeah, where he's going to get a lot more heavy impact on that hip. Yeah, didn't shirk the responsibility. Still ran straight and true the whole time, and then after getting that facial injury, like that's something that, that could scare you every time you go into attack. You're going, oh fuck my face! Yeah, still didn't stop him. He still ran hard and fast, in every you know every into those uh, into the line every time in you know in the forwards, and to me that shows the mental strength of the man mm-hmm. to be able to put all of that what should be genuine fear for most people aside and still play the game at at the full speed that he possibly can. Um, To me, that was remarkable. So I, I think that's something that he should be remembered for more than anything because they were two horrific injuries that most players probably wouldn't recover from. And he still managed to get to 250 first grade game. So um, that was impressive, but yeah, did, did stay on for one year too long.
2: Yeah. And like, that's, all right, you know, you hang on as long as you can, I reckon. Yeah. Um. And it was good to see all of the accolades you got this week. That was really nice to see. And, um, yeah, I think, I mean, he'll hold a special place in the West Tigers history. That's for sure 250 games for him. Yeah. He's
1: one of those poor unlucky bastards too because he made his debut in 2006.
2: Yeah.
1: He, he missed the grand final.
2: Yeah. And the other thing is too, he... uh. He was so injury prone. Like he was probably thought of as being on the same trajectory as a Luke Lewis, and but he was hit with so many injuries. He never really, he never really got a chance to really get going. And then when he did get going a little bit, did his his hip, as you say, and like coming back from a hip dislocation for a footy player is terrible. Like you're not going to be the same player,
1: no. So. And that's the thing. I mean, the one thing that was yeah you know, his key factor was being that center with that speed mm-hmm. and he had good good leg drive and power, so he could get around someone or he'd go through them mm-hmm. um but to have lost the speed just and he lost that sort of vertical movement a little bit as well mm-hmm. um so he had to play a lot straighter and try and run through people a bit more, which is not something that he you know he grew up doing I guess he was sort of yeah. more inclined to run around someone as an outside back, so that was something he had to had to adapt to and change, and he struggled with that for a little while. Um, I think previous coaches had left him in the centres for probably a season or two too long. He probably should have moved to the, the second row a bit earlier. Yeah, definitely. But uh, that is what it is. But, uh, yeah, no, he's uh,
2: he's done pretty well considering. Do you reckon Benji's going to announce his retirement soon? I think he will. Yeah, so do I. I've got that feeling. I, I think he enjoys playing footy, but I, I just think he... At some point, it, it, like this, isn't the team for a player like him to be in? And I just have a feeling that everyone will come to the decision together to sort of be like, okay, it's it's time. The only reason he won't is if another
1: Sydney club wants him. I'm I'm fairly certain that he's pretty well entrenched in Sydney. He doesn't want to move from there. Yeah. Um. So the only reason why he'd stay on is if another Sydney club wants him, and I don't think any of the Sydney clubs need. Benji,
2: well, the problem that he would have there is that I mean there's two other five eights at Penrith that could you could get for cheaper and that you might have for the next ah. ten years. Benji's not and, exactly expensive at the moment though, yeah, true, but like you know there there'd be plenty of teams that would be looking for that stability long term and but I think Benji would be good on a team that maybe had an injury like I thought that if if Mitchell Moses was out for the Parramatta Eels, Benji would have been the perfect replacement. I think he could come in and do a job for a team like that. Yeah. Uh,
1: he'd be there's really, only
2: few of them teams in Sydney. he like really good at
1: a team that's got a, got a young pair of halves. Yeah. I think that's where he'd be good at to sort of help, you know, help give the some new guys a bit of experience and, and bring them through a little bit. I think that's where he'd be good. So maybe at the Bulldogs there might be something there if Foran leaves. I know that Foran Warren, Warren is apparently trying to negotiate a reduced salary deal there, yeah, because you know he understands that he's not going to be able to earn the big coin anymore. They should let Foran go. I I agree. Um, but you know, we know who's coaching them next year, so <laughs> that's
2: true. Yes, but they're going to get they're going to get Brandon Smith. Are they? Yeah, that's what. That's what one of the big-time writers said, that they're going to go and chase Brandon Smith. And Trent Barrett's got a big opinion of Brandon Smith. Someone probably told him about him. Yeah. He might have um, read it on a forum.
1: Speaking, speaking of um, Melbourne Storm's hookers with the surname of Smith, there's one that's been linked to the Titans, sort of. Yeah, sort of, you know. I, as, I, as it comes across like I think someone made a... You know, put out a innocent question about whether Cameron Smith might be, you know, would 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 consider taking up a gig at the Titans for a year or two, mm. and I think some journalists have gone, "Oh, that's a good idea for a story. Let's run with it."
2: Well, it made me wonder if, like, the the all of the news agencies up there in banana bender land, if they saw a spike from that first article or the first round of bullshit things that they said, where, uh, C. bold started talking about signing Cameron Smith for next year and whether they thought, let's go back to the well. Like I wouldn't be shocked if we got Cameron Smith to the Cowboys shit starting up in like three weeks from now. Um, and the funny thing is Smith has made zero indication that he wants to leave the, the storm He hasn't actually said whether he's going to play on next year or not. You know, I I can't see him ever leaving the Storm. I wouldn't be shocked if he coached, like, as an assistant coach for the Storm next year. Like, we'll just see what happens. But it's just, it seems silly to me. I don't get it. Yeah, I think there's
1: probably more chance of Craig Bellamy moving to Brisbane to do coaching than there Mm -hmm. is of Cameron Smith going up there to do anything towards the end of his playing career.
2: Yeah, I agree.
1: Um, I wouldn't be surprised. This is not based on evidence. This is just my opinion. I wouldn't be surprised if Cameron Smith has got in his contract that after he finishes playing, he will be given a role in the coaching department at the club somewhere.
2: Yeah, like I could see the Storm saying to him, look, we want you to be our coach down the track. We we know that craig bellamy is going to sign on for say another two or three seasons and if cameron smith wants to be the coach they'll say to him you can be the... we'll sign you as the coach right now without telling people because i feel like that's how they would do it because i feel like cameron smith wouldn't want to be seen as the heir apparent i think he'd just want to be chilled have some time away from the game and then go back down there and coach again but we'll see what happens you know it'd be awesome if he did become coach
1: Mm. And he became identical to Craig Bellamy. So you've seen this real chill, cool player the whole time. But in the <laughs> coach's box, he's just throwing shit at windows and breaking shit everywhere. Wouldn't that be
2: so weird? I'd love that. God, that'd be so weird. I would love. I would actually pay five bucks a month so that every Storm game had a window, a picture in picture with Craig Bellamy down in the corner because he's entertaining to watch. Oh, he is. There's no doubt about it. Actually
1: I'd I'd pay ten dollars a month to not only have the picture in picture of him there, but also to have the audio. And you could pick between the, the audio of the game oh. commentary
2: or the Craig Bellamy commentary. Imagine that. That would be amazing. That's could, how you that's how you get the viewer numbers up in the Fox. I couldn't sit next to somebody that was that angry during a football game, hey. Eventually I'd snap. <laughs> Eventually, I'd snap and stab him in the neck with something. I just couldn't help it. (laughs) Just, just you know, slip him a uh, some sort of sedative. Just get up off your chair and just whack him over the head with it. (laughs) Because he's just, he's like yells at everything. Yeah, and he's a nice guy. Like everyone loves him. Oh, he is. He is. for, For that two hours, he's a cunt. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs>
1: <laughs> I used to uh, come across him every now and then at the uh, Melbourne Storm New South Wales Cup games every now and then yeah. he, some of the players would go along and watch the lower grades players this is when Gareth Wittip was playing in the New South Wales Cup Yeah, um, pretty much the same year that he started coming into the into the NRL side and they'd always play on a different day to the NRL team so you sometimes you'd see them turn up and they'd be watching the younger guys and give them a bit of support yeah and he'd be sitting there and Bellamy would be signing autographs with fans and having a chat with them and stuff like that. It was you know, really approachable, um, really friendly with that sort of sort of stuff. It's just sort of it, – it gave you this different view of him when you see him in the coach's box.
2: Yeah. Oh, wow, it, how can you be both of those? <laughs> you can't build what he has built without being – without having a connection to the players you're – involved with and it's not just the first graders there's a reason why these young players come into the side and play well or players from other clubs that have said like people think oh they've seen better days they come into the storm and all of a sudden they're playing their best footy like you can't do that without having a good connection with people without them wanting to do good for you without them listening to you without them wanting to do good so that you are pleased with them damn it, during that two hours, ah, oh, you don't want to be around him. Actually, you know what?
1: During that 10 minutes at the end of the half, that's when you don't want to be around him. It gets worse at the end of the halves, eh? Oh. that's. I think that's the worst thing for a lot of Storm fans is they know they have to finish a half strongly. Yeah. Because that's the bit he sees and remembers the most before he goes <laughs> to the dressing sheds. You know, <laughs> yeah,
2: I don't want to be going in there with him pissed off. Can, can he, what would you reckon his reaction would be, all right? Storm, down, like they lose the game, 40 points. They get smashed and they go out to the dressing rooms and there's just a line-up of Papa John's employees just wheeling in pizzas one after the other. Do you reckon he'd be happy? You know what he'd do? What? If, he, if he saw the Papa John's people, then they have got like a couple of tables
1: set up with pizzas on there with the lids open. mm He would just walk along with his arm and just sweep all that shit on the
2: floor and smash it against the wall. (laughs) Get this fucking shit out of here. (laughs) We should get a nutritionist on that deals with NRL teams and say, how, how good would it be for players to just come off the field and start tearing in to, like, garlic bread and pasta and pizza just straight off the field? Yeah. Car bloating. Yeah. <laughs> straight after a game. I can't imagine it's a good thing. There's no way it can be good. Nah, it, can't, it just can't be. Uh, Otherwise, they do it. If it was good for you, they'd do it. Can't
1: believe it. It's just when you think that the uh, the RFL or Super League could not go and do something dumber. They go, hold my beer.
2: Yeah. <laughs> Hold my refillable cup. <laughs> I wonder, well, like, well, I how many pizzas meeting. do you reckon you'd need to have to feed a first grade squad? They could all eat one each. You reckon? Yeah. I reckon you'd need more than one each. I can eat a pizza myself. Um. Yeah, if you average it out, though, like the pretty boy wingers
1: will only have like two or three slices because, you know, they don't... They don't lift much.
0: Yeah. But
1: just so the, that, forward, the forwards make up for them by having a pizza and a half.
2: Yeah, like how many pizzas do you reckon Junior Paul would want to smash?
1: He would get one pizza and then get another one put it on top upside down <laughs> and eat it like a large sandwich. <laughs> 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 and he'd do that in like two minutes, just pop, pop, next.
2: Oh, shit. Who do you reckon would be the who, what NRL team do you reckon would eat the most pizza? Oh, Brisbane. You reckon? Yeah. I See, I reckon it would be that I, I can't go past the Eels. There's so many big dudes in their side. Yeah,
1: I think Brisbane have got nothing to play for at the moment. Yeah. But if they had pizza to eat at the end, they'd turn up for that. And they'd gorge themselves on pizza.
2: Just gorge on it. Yeah. I'm I'm not here for the footy. I'm here for the pizza. See, I think I reckon Sevo would smash heaps of pizza. I reckon Ferguson would smash it. I reckon uh, Walker Blake would smash it. Junior Paulo is going to eat so much of it. It's a, there's just so many players in that team. I just think of that would just be like pizza, just monsters, you know? Yeah. No, that's that's a fair call. Mitchell Moses, he'd eat pizzas. No, he'd just be delivering to people. Okay, <laughs> yeah. get on his little bike, a little ding, ding, ding. Man, I could eat pizza now.
1: <laughs> so it's talking about Moses does it for you? Yeah, it's just you see Moses. they're going. Oh, I should check out what's on delivery. Yeah. See,
2: I I can't do that here because you know everything gets shut down at eight pm. Yeah, there is that pandemic that's going on down there. It's a bit of an issue. Yeah. It's all Dan's fault. Apparently. Yeah. Um, probably blame him for the
1: Papa John's deal with Super League. I'm up for that. Yeah. That's fair enough. Um, should we blame him for the rumours that went around about Anthony
2: Seibold? Well, they keep saying that it's some NRL people that are doing it and he's going to sue them and it's like... Uh, oh, how many times do we hear somebody in the NRL is going to sue someone else and they don't sue them?
1: Yes, um, it'll be interesting to see what happens. Yeah, it will be because I did see him in one suggestion that um, he was going to also go after everyone who shared it around social media, which I think's
2: fair enough. enough. Best of luck to him. It's going to be difficult, but like mm. a, the one person. And I can't remember their name, but it was like uh, it wasn't a serious account or anything like that. So, I don't know. Well, apparently the, the person looking for the NRL blacked out all of their social media
1: accounts. Yeah. So, that ruined our chances of finding who it was. Not that we'd ever know. Yeah.
2: I, I Like I saw it, it wasn't retweeted into my timeline. I sort of stumbled into it reading um because somebody had said something and i thought what are they talking about and i ended up reading their thread that they were part of and saw it in that i was yes. like i thought that's ridiculous so when i read it i was like that's fucking stupid yeah it was a
1: pretty pretty absurd story that was that was put together um so yeah best of luck to anthony seabold mm so you go with that? Um, there was rumours that he's thinking about quitting before the season's out. He yeah, only yeah, got $3.2 million left out standing.
2: Yeah, no one quits on that much money.
1: So, uh, yeah, if he's quitting on that money, I'd be sure as shit that uh, he'll be trying to get every single dollar out of that, and rightfully so. Yeah. Um. So we'll see how that goes. Mm-hmm. Who would the Broncos hire to replace him?
2: I feel like it's going to be Paul Green. Yeah, and something tells me that's just not a good idea. Yeah, I agree. I agree. But I, I feel like it's going to be. I feel like there's this thing of like, oh, it's got to be a Queenslander, and Paul Green's available, and they don't want to give it to to Walters. And fuck, I just maybe think... the Walker
1: brothers will get it. <laughs> they
2: get, they get, you know, attached to most jobs. But, yeah, yeah I, I just job. think that it'll end up being Paul Green. It, and that it feel it'll feel a bit boring, you know. I, but what can you do? I think
1: I don't think Paul Green's a bad coach. I just think he needs about two or three years away from the game just to sort of refresh, great, relax.
0: Great.
2: I agree. And sort I, it out. I think he just needs a little break. I also think that, you know, they, I think he had an issue with that Cowboys team, in terms of knowing when it was time to let some players go. I think he gave some players a little bit too much time to try and recapture form that they'd lost. And that might be something that he can look at as an area to improve going forward. I also, now I look at the Broncos, and I don't know that they are the same prospect for a a future coach that they were maybe a couple of months ago when he had a lot of very good young players in that team. Now I look at that team and there's a lot of, there's a lot of drama going on, you know, Pango Jr.'s gone, he was a very good talent, whether he's playing well or not, Um, I don't think that's up for debate, he's playing pretty poorly, but he's still very talented, and I just worry that they could be in a hole for a few years, and if I was looking at clubs to take over, I, I think that, the one thing we've seen is that you don't take over messes. You try and take over clubs that have their shit together.
1: Exactly, exactly.
2: Um,
1: so I think what they do need at the moment is someone who's a genuine like, man manager more yep. than a coach. Yep. Uh, there's not too many of those
2: around. Yeah, that's true. That's very because true. I, don't, I don't
1: know I've thrown his known it before, but Tim Sheens is the only one I can think of that, that kind of fits that mould. The problem with Tim Sheens, though, if he's... Around for a bit too long. You do tend to get a few sort of clicky groups in the team. But because most of the squad is is basically around the same age, Mm -hmm. there's not a huge amount of concern about that until you start getting them in their mid to late 20s and the next crop of juniors are coming through. Yeah. Um, Which, to be honest, is a few years away. I don't think it seems to be a bad idea,
2: but they won't go to him because he's New South Wales. You know who they should sign is Tama. Yeah, just get just he's an old head he's gonna you know he's gonna play all right he's not gonna set the world on fire but he's gonna show a lot of those young players what sh- y- they should be expected to do as a first grader he carries himself very well um i think they need a few of those sorts of players. i think that's what they've tried to do in bringing someone like it a, a bentio back which is kind of hilarious. But I think that they could get someone like Atamo and and just a couple of proper veteran players to set an example rather than what they've got there right now. Should they take Benji back? Um, look, they could use a 5-8. Mm. They could really use a 5-8. I think he'd help Croft. Um, it wouldn't be the worst idea. A genuine leader? Yep.
1: Uh, and someone that players would play for gives his heart and soul everything he does mm-hmm. um, probably the sort of person they need around the club you know a genuine professional
2: yeah yeah there's not there doesn't seem to be much of that at the club at the moment yeah exactly and, and some of those players need to get examples of that i think because you think of some of their players and the examples that they've had around them uh, it's, there's not, there's not too many really good examples they've had, well, had the... or what you're learning. You know, this Broncos team is learning losing right now. And you look at the young Panthers side, they're learning winning. And, man, winning becomes a habit at some point.
1: Yeah. Um, the problem they're getting, too, is that from the, what little experienced players they've got left behind there, um, all they're learning from them is sulking. And there's basically Darius Boyd. Yes. Um, yeah. And they're also learning that the club does not have much interest in experienced players. So it means that long-term, every place that they thinking, once I get to a certain age, this club's going to want to fuck me off. Mm-hmm. And so they're thinking, maybe I should look for another club before I get to that point. And then you get things like Pan guy ringing around other clubs. You know, they're going to get to a certain age, like 26, something like that. They're going to say, Oh, I better stop looking for another club because the Broncos are going to get rid of me soon. Cause that's what they did. Yeah. When Seabold first got here, they got rid of all the
2: older players. I also think that I think Staggs is a great player. And he's, I think he might be a future leader of the club, but it's not his time yet. Um, and, and But there needs to be someone to step into that void. And right now, there's no one. There's absolutely no one. And, and that's a bad place for a club to be in. I'd be tempted to give Payne Haas a crack. So I
1: think he's too young. He is too young, but what alternatives have they got? Alex Glenn has been missing a lot of games through injury, and I just don't think he's a strong enough personality to be a captain. No. And we saw a few weeks ago, Payne was ripping into some of his teammates during during a game, and I think, to me, he's showing leadership quality there. I'd like to see what would happen to his game if they made him captain because I think he'd be the sort of player, if you gave him the captaincy, he'd say, right, I'm going to show you how it's done, and he'd just rip in that 10% more. And I think that might be the sort of thing that would be helpful. It could be. You never know. You
2: never know. It's worth a crack. I mean, they've got nothing to fucking lose this year. That's for sure. That's true. That's very true. There's some players there I'd, I'd get rid of Lodge. I'd get rid of Boyd. I'd get rid of Tio. Um Those
1: three have to go.
2: Yeah. I'd, look, I'd get rid of Luke. I know that he's experienced, but I, I don't think he adds anything to the side, to be honest. And I would look to bring in some quality veterans. And, and Tamo would be at the top of my list. Um, and it, it's it's not just for what he does on the field, which at times I've been very critical of him. But I think he would teach the players off the field what's expected of them. Um, and I would be looking for players like that.
1: Yeah, absolutely. They've, they've got some good young backs there. So... It's, and obviously they've got some good young forwards, so they've got, they do have stuff to work with. Yeah. They're not a complete lost cause and they they do have stuff to work with moving forward into the future as well. So yeah, that, I don't think it'd, it'd be that much effort
2: to build a good culture there that they can work around. Yeah. I'm t- I wonder who else they could get that would fit in with like getting veterans. Mm. Let's
0: have a look. Who's off contract in the NRL? Yeah, that's a good idea. Okay,
2: Canberra. Who have they got off contract? C.S. Soliola. Yeah, he might not be bad. He's a bit beyond what I'd be looking for in terms of. Where he's at in his career, but you get him and Tamo. You add them to their forward pack. You've got Haas there as well. It's a bloody good rotation you've got there. Have Soliola coming off the bench. Yeah. Um, Aaron Woods has got
1: another year to go. He serious. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Let's see who else we've got here. Actually, there's someone who's off contract. Keegan Hipgrove. Who? I know. The Titans second rower. He plays hard. He, he he's um he'd give him a bit of edge and he'd be a good bench player on their in their yeah. forwards. Um Nathan Pete.
2: Uh, you know what, Nathan Peets would be a pretty good signing at Hooker. I think he would give you he, he would give them something at uh Hooker that Luke doesn't. I think that Luke is is past it. Yeah, um, I tend to agree. Yeah. Um Tyron Roberts?
1: No, I wouldn't sign him. Uh, who else have we got here?
2: Tony Williams? I can't believe he's still on under a contract. That's crazy. It is crazy. Ah, let's see.
1: Cameron Smith? There's no chance he's going there. No chance. Christian
2: Welch is off contract at the Storm maybe yeah you know what he'd be a good sign and they need someone like him actually Aiden Guerra you know what when, when he went to the because they went from the Roosters to the um, Newcastle Knights and he was a little bit like one of those players he was an origin player at the time being in a very good Roosters team for a long time and just plays that know what it what it means to be first grader, what it means to be a professional first grader. He might be a good you know, a good signing as long as they as long as they had the right signings around him. Yeah. Um Jared Beale? No, no, I don't rate him. Peter Hicku? Um, man, he can be rocks and diamonds sometimes.
1: Can be.
0: Um Oh boy, there's not a huge amount
2: of experienced players that are available. Yeah, I mean it's it's one of those things that uh Yeah, you know, Brad Takarangi. Penny Terrapo. Nah. Takarangi can be a handy player though, hey. He can. Like, he does something for the Eels where like When he comes into their team, every so often he'll have one of those games where it's like, why is this guy on the bench? Or why is this guy not starting every week, you know? Yeah.
1: Uh, We're almost done here. Alex Johnson, I think he'd be a handy pickup.
2: He'd be a very handy pickup, yeah. He would be. Uh, Jake Friend. (laughs) <laughs> no, no, Jake Friend's done. <laughs> Jake Friend's done so bad. The, the Morris brothers? They'd be very They're They're perfect example. Come in, professionals, do the job. I, I fully agree with that. Um,
1: Chris McQueen? <laughs> no. The other one is Elijah Taylor. Hell no. So that's pretty much it for experienced players.
2: There's some good ones there. And they're the ones that are off contract at the end of this year. I tell you what, you could sell those players on playing together in Brisbane. A few good youngsters around them. Yeah. As long
1: as you give those blokes a res- a responsible salary. Yeah, you can't pay Don't overs- go over the top and say, look, there's a fair chance that you'll be um, depth players. Yeah. Yeah, Obviously, that, yeah. some of you will be regular starters, but
2: most of you are going to be depth players, I and we need
1: you, you there to help the young guys more than anything.
2: 100%. And I think your big signing out of all those players we just talked about was, would probably be Tarmo, yeah. and I, I wouldn't call him a star player. No.
1: This is the thing. You're not looking for – But they don't need to sign stars, and that's a good situation to be in. Yes.
2: But what they need to sign is experience and leaders. Yeah, yeah, because they've got – look, they've got – Game breakers in that team. They're yep. missing all the bits in between the game breaking. <laughs> exactly, <laughs> all exactly. the football
1: parts. Yeah. Um. See, so yeah, we've we fixed the Broncos there. We'll see if, see if they're smart enough to listen to us. That was easy.
2: Took us about five yeah. minutes. We should get in in Ben Iken's ear. Yeah, he's the man. I mean, you can get
1: in the, us in there as consultants to fix them.
2: It'd be brilliant. And we'll prove to
1: them that, you know, duos can work so then they can hire the Walker brothers. Yep. And at, and at that point, after we've done our work and they hire the Walker brothers, we'll walk away. We
2: don't yeah. associate with that, that garbage. Fuck that. <laughs> <laughs> that shit never works. <laughs> Two coaches.
1: Oh, boy. But there you go. Yeah. So um. good episode. It has. So now it comes to the point where I say, have we had any emails?
2: We have, but we'll do them in the next episode.
1: righty. Sounds like a plan. Yeah. Well, I guess on that note, there's only uh, two things left to say, and that is go to manscaped.com, buy whatever the hell you want there, and when you get to the checkout, type in the NRL code, get 20% off, free shipping, and you can thank us for that.
2: That's our gift to you. Yeah, we did that for our listeners. Isn't that nice of us? What can we say? We're fucking awesome humans. Really are.
1: Yeah. Um, also, you can follow us on uh, Twitter and Instagram at FergoFreakPod. Pod. We're on YouTube. We're on LinkedIn. Um, we've got our own website, Fergoandthefreak.com. You can go on there and um, you can send us a, a comment on there as well. You can also email us, Freaky. Yes,
2: podcast at leaguefreak.com. Send uh, any questions and uh, nudes exactly both um
1: don't forget to buy from manscaped and also don't forget to go to your uh, your podcasting app and give us a review and a five star rating and make it a good review and we'll read it out we'll put it up on the website as well
2: we'll make you yeah, famous we really will we love seeing people give us five star ratings and those reviews there they're brilliant they
1: certainly are and on that glorious note thanks for tuning in, everyone we'll catch you next time